Alright, let's turn our Bibles to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 17, Acts chapter 17, great job guys, uh, wonderful job, and uh, well, I, that was a neat trick they did there, the pianist switching out with one another, uh, first I looked up and I was like, man that dude didn't look like that the first time they got up there, <laughs> but then I got to thinking, but Stanley, we're going to try that on Sunday, you just you just switch out and go to the piano and uh, uh, we'll... We'll see how that works out, uh, but I appreciate you guys uh, being here, and certainly Isaac, one of our own, who would have thought uh, that that would take place, but uh, certainly uh, good to see him and uh, all of our young people doing well uh, in school, and i uh, certainly pleased with that. Acts chapter number 17. I'm going to read two verses of Scripture tonight. And I know that many of you ladies have complained that you're cool uh, this evening. Uh, this morning I heard you complain that you were too hot. Tonight you're complaining that you're too cold. No matter what I do, you're just going to complain. And so, uh, but I, I am mindful uh, of the, the fact there's many on vacation tonight. It's summer. But I do want to read two verses of Scripture and I preach the message the Lord has put on my heart tonight. Acts chapter 17, verse number 10. And I will read verse number 10 and verse number 11. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. We find this morning we were at the end of the chapter uh, in our message this morning, but we find uh, throughout the course of Paul's missionary journey, we see here uh, that he and Silas, they find themselves at this place called Berea. Now the Bible is very specific in their description. They're not talked about uh, in a lot of places in the New Testament, but here in verse number 11 we find the scripture tells us that they were more noble. They were different. They were not like everybody else. He had just come from Thessalonica. If you recall uh, the opposition that he faced there, you recall the resistance to the gospel that he faced there. Now he gets to this place of Berea and there's no resistance. And Scripture tells us that they were more noble. And tonight I want to uh, speak on the subject of why the Bereans were different. Why the Bereans are different. Friend, being different from this world is not a bad thing. Being different from the religious crowd is not a bad thing. Being different from every other church is not a bad thing. And the Bereans were different. Tonight I want us to look at this passage of Scripture. And I believe there's a truth that will help you this evening. Let's ask the Lord to bless the remaining time. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity we had to be in church. What a wonderful day we've already had. Uh, we appreciate the music and the fellowship we've already enjoyed tonight. But Father, we come to the preaching of the Word of God, the most important thing we do. Father, I pray that we'll be uh, ready to hear the Word of God tonight. We'll have ears to hear. And Father, may we be encouraged and challenged and even convicted tonight uh, by the message. We pray that you'll bless our time together. In Jesus' name, Amen. The Bible tells us again that they were more noble. Uh, they were different uh, than every other group of people. And tonight, I want us to understand that uh, being different is okay. Being different is not uh, something that uh, we should uh, fear. It's not something that we should get discouraged about. 
They were more noble. Oftentimes, you'll hear people say about our young people, our teenagers, they'll, they'll, they'll see them in a restaurant, they'll see them out in activity and say, there's something different about your group of people. There's something different about your teenagers. How do you get them to be that way? And, and the workers are saying, well, they're just born that way. There's not a whole lot that we, we, we do with them. But what they're saying is, is there's something about them. There's a nobility about them. Two main definitions of the word noble. One signifies a status. The other signifies a character. Uh, the people in, at Berea, the Bible is not talking about their status. They were not born into wealth. They were not born into nobility, if you will. This is not the definition of the word noble as it is used here. The definition of the word noble that it describes these Christians at Berea was this definition, great, elevated, dignified, being above everything that can dishonor reputation. Did you get that definition? Great, elevated, dignified, being above everything that can dishonor reputation. See, reputation is what people think you are. Character is what you really are. And can I just say tonight and just be very transparent tonight, there are too many Christians that are more worried about their reputation than their character. There's too many preachers more worried about their reputation than they are their character. There's too many churches more worried about their reputation than their character. That character that comes from a relationship with the Word of God, from a relationship with the God of the Bible that comes through the Scriptures, uh, that, that which is above everything that people know about us. There are two extremes when it comes to character and reputation. There are some who have great reputation, but their character does not match that reputation. And then there's the other way, they may not have a great reputation, but their character far exceeds that reputation. And friend, the more time you spend in the Word of God, the more time I spend in the Word of God, our character is going to make some changes. The Bible will change us. I'm going to be very uh, blunt as I often am. My goal as your pastor is not to build the reputation of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I want our nobility built through the Scriptures. My, my goal is not to build the reputation of my home, of your home. My goal as your pastor is to see you grow in the grace of God through the Scriptures of the Word of God. I'm not interested in what other people think, what other pastors, what other churches think about the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Now, I'm not going to go out of my way to be a jerk to people, but the point I'm making tonight is I'm only concerned about being involved in the Scriptures, the Word of God, the nobility that comes from being in the Bible. Uh, dads, as the head of your home, you ought to be more concerned with the character that is being instilled in your children than you are uh, the reputation of what you have financially to leave them one day. Uh, there's something different about a group of people. There's something different about a family, about a home who centers around the Scripture and not around temporal things. They were noble. They were great. They were elevated. Notice it was not their goal, just by that definition, to elevate themselves. 
Tonight, my interest is not in the elevating me, but can I tell you something? The more time I spend in Scriptures, the Scriptures will elevate me in my walk, in my character, in my ability. That is the goal that you and I should have, is to be more noble as the Bible calls us noble. The nobility that comes from Scripture. Why were the Bereans different? Why was there something different about them? I can tell you, they were a breath of fresh air to Paul. When the ministry, you just understand something. That, that you, you young men training for the ministry, you just understand something. Hey, it's not all about uh, all, of the, all of the things that, that are posted on social media. Uh, it's spiritual warfare. It's battle. It's burden. It's hardship. Mom and Dad, if you're going to rear your children for the, to, be, to, to be used in the service of the Lord, you're going to have to fight the devil. You're going to have to fight this world. Sometimes you've got to fight your own flesh and blood. It is not all ease. It is not, not all comfort. But for tonight, I want, I want the nobility that the Bible speaks of more than I want popularity, more than I want this world's success. And you and I must have that same attitude and approach. They were more noble. Just a few verses of Scripture. But there's something about them we see. See, why were they more noble? The Bereans were different. Look at verse number 11. They were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the Word with all readiness of mind and searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. We're talking about that word nobility. For you and I, we, we are flesh. You realize that. We're just dirty, rotten sinners saved by the grace of God. As I preached this morning, the only thing that is good about us is the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ that we attain at our salvation. That's the only thing good about us. But we, we grow in our character. We find a direct correlation between the two words more noble with the description of verse number 11. They received the Word. There's a lot of Christians that don't receive the Word. Just because you're a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church don't mean you're going to be noble. It means you can be. It means, it means your character can elevate. It means your walk with God can be real. It means your service for the Lord can be better. It means those children can grow up in your home different than you grew up. It means all that, but you've got to receive the Word. You've got to receive the Word of God. And notice, with all readiness of mind. I hope you came to church tonight ready for church. I hope you came to church tonight ready to get preached to. I'm looking at a few of you. You came to get a nap, not coming to get preached to. But I hope you came with readiness of mind. And I understand what it is. Sometimes your, your head is cloudy with things you're dealing with. You might not be feeling well. But when the Word of God is open, you need to approach it. Lord, speak to me. Lord, talk to me. I don't ever want to open this book and my heart be so cold and so distant and that it does not burn from the truth of Scripture. I want the Holy Spirit of God to stir my heart. I I want the Holy Spirit of God to step on my toes. I want the Holy Spirit of God to convict me so that it can better me so that I can live a more noble life, elevated above whatever. You can have a good reputation. I would not want the, 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 the limit of my character to be what a reputation is. I want to constantly be growing in the grace of God through the Scriptures of the Word of God so I can be more like the Son of God who saved me. 
We must approach it with all readiness of mind and search the Scriptures daily. Whether these things be so. Paul began to preach and Silas began to preach. I can only imagine what a kind of a preacher Paul was. I don't think he ever gave a dialogue. I don't think Paul was the kind of preacher who, who, who tried to get feedback from those religious that he was teaching to. And there were times where he would, he would reason with them in the Scriptures. But when it came time to preach the Word of God, I believe Paul preached with authority. I believe Paul preached with the power of the Holy Spirit of God. But they still searched the Scriptures daily to see whether or not these things were so. I imagine these people, they did not, they had such a relationship already with the Scriptures, a relationship with God, they were not depending on the Apostle Paul for their walk with God. I say this often, I'll say it again. If you're a new, a new Christian, new, new, new in the things of God, new in a church like this where, where you're pushed to grow and serve and do, uh, you may be trying to figure out, as I taught last Wednesday night, uh, on, on separation and what we're, se- we're separated from so we can be separated to. You're going to be separated from either the world to God or from God to the world. Everybody practices separation. I, say, I said it then, I'll say it again now. If it, while you're trying to figure out what your standards are, what your separation is, borrow your pastors. But friend, don't borrow your pastor for your Christianity, for your relationship with God. You've got to eventually get in the Scriptures and establish your own walk with God. They search the Scriptures daily. This is why they were different. I go back to that illustration that I used, and this, is, this has been happening for decades. Teenagers are different. Now, they're not perfect. We know that. Your teenagers are something different about them. What is different about them? What they're saying is they seem to be more noble. Well, how does this happen? They're not that way at our church. They're not that way uh, the ones that I know. But friend, you have to bring the Word of God in to have that. You can't just impose a moral code. You, and I'm for that. You can't just impose a set of rules and restrictions. Well, we put rules on our kids. I'm glad that you have rules on your kids, but there is nothing that will change the heart of a young man, a young lady, an old man, an old lady, like being in the Word of God. Can I tell you what cleans up those sinners when they come to the Emmanuel Baptist Church? Can I tell you what cleans you up? You look a lot different now than when you first stumbled in the church doors. It's the preaching of the Word of God. It's the Word of God that changes you. It's the Word of God uh, that, that cleans you up. No program can do what the Holy Spirit power with the Word of God can do. And that is the difference. That's why I tell new Christians, well, what, should, what should I do? Just come to church. Get you a Bible, just come to church. Well, Pastor, I'm struggling. Well, how's your church attendance? There is a direct correlation between your relationship with God, your care. You can't be a better Christian not in church. You can't be. You can't be a better Christian without the Word of God. That's foolishness. That's nonsense. But you can, and there's, some, there's some Christians, they come to church every week on their reputation. They have the look. They've been doing it for years. But how long has it been, child of God, since the Scriptures moved you? 
How long has it been since there's been a, a message preached by your pastor that the Holy Spirit of God grabbed your heart and He turned it and He squeezed it and convicted you of some area in your life or challenged you to do more for Him? You cannot replace that with a radio program. You cannot replace that with a religious article. It takes the Word of God. Very quickly tonight. I want to say I want to mention four things when it comes to searching the scriptures. The first thing I want to remind us of is a blessed opportunity. I'm thankful for the opportunities that God has given me in my life. I heard the gospel when I was just shy of my fifth birthday, and I trusted Christ as my Savior. What a wonderful opportunity! To get that settled at a young age. And I have to experience some of the things in this world that many of you would give a testimony that you experienced before you got saved. But I'm thankful that at six years of age, the Holy Spirit of God impressed upon my heart that God wanted me to be a preacher. And I answered that call at six years of age. What a wonderful opportunity. We've had opportunities at Emmanuel Baptist Church, have we not? There are wonderful opportunities to be part of some amazing things, some miraculous things. Friend, don't, 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 don't neglect, uh, don't forget the things that we have seen God do, the things that we have witnessed the hand of God, where there is no other explanation than God did a miracle. What opportunity? We're on the cusp as a church for greater opportunity. I believe in my whole heart that there is no limit on what God will do with this group of people if we just continue to put the emphasis where the emphasis needs to be and to do the things that we know to do and just to trust Him and give more of ourselves to Him. What a great opportunity. This last week in our missions conference, we set out as a church to do some wonderful things from planting the churches in our city to planting some churches in Africa and doing all of this. What a great opportunity. Fred, I don't know. Those are wonderful opportunities. Outside of the opportunity to be saved, I just mentioned, I don't know of a greater opportunity than to open this book. And now that Almighty God speak to my heart. He said, oh, I've got to go to church home. You've got the wrong attitude. You don't have to go to church. You have a blessed opportunity to hear the Word of God preached. It's an opportunity for you to become more noble. It's an opportunity for you and I to have our character improve, increase, to rise above our circumstance, to rise above our flesh. It's an opportunity to open the Word of God on a daily basis and hear from an Almighty God. How haven't you been there when you've been discouraged, when you've been disheartening, you had a need in your life, and you read the verse of Scripture that you've read a hundred times, you've heard a hundred Sunday school lessons on, and at that very moment, the Holy Spirit of God spoke to your heart and ministered to you, and instead of resigning, you you re-signed up. You got back in the thing. It's because of the Word of God. What a blessed opportunity. Don't take for granted the opportunity that you have to read the Word of God. They realized. That's why they came ready. Paul, what you got? Is that it? You can't go a little bit longer? They came with a ready mind and a ready heart, ready to search the Scriptures 
What is it that God has for me? I've been like you. There's been mornings I've opened this Bible and I've been tired. I've had four cups of coffee and that got one eye open and my mind's distracted and, and look at all the things I've got to do. Before we got to approach the Word of God with a ready mind, a ready heart. It's amazing if you come to church, won't you get something? You'll give it. If you come to church with a critic's eye and, and with, with a cold heart, it's amazing. You're going to find everything in the world to criticize and nothing to... To, to get from the Holy Spirit of God, you got to come with a ready heart. It's a blessed opportunity. There are so many people in this world would love to have one page of Scripture. One page of Scripture. I've been in these meetings in foreign countries, and one comes to mind when we're in the country of Nicaragua, we had, well, we get like 40 or 50 copies of the Bible into that meeting, and the line was stretched, and they were gone just in that instant, and then people left without a Bible. How many times do we walk, walk by the old black book as it sits on that shelf and it calls to us and we fail to see the opportunity we have. When I open the Word of God, I have an opportunity, an opportunity to hear from God, an opportunity to grow in my Christian life. Number two, we see a holy duty. Do you realize you're commanded to spend time with God? Oftentimes, and I don't have to say this to you because you're very, very faithful, we come to church thinking we've done God a favor. When all we've done is obey a command. On a daily basis, oh, I, I did God a favor. I opened the Word. I got up 15 minutes early. Open the Word of God. Do you realize that the Scripture says, those that seek me early shall find me. We're supposed to get in the Word of God. We're supposed to spend time with God. That is a command. It's a holy duty. This is not something, oh, I've got, I've got, to, I've got, to, I've got to read my, my Bible for a day and we find it is a holy duty, a responsibility to spend time with your God. Have you, have you seen what the Muslims, the, 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 the rituals they go through day after day after day out of a, in their mind, a holy responsibility, but yet we as children of God can't spend ten minutes in the Word of God on a daily basis. Pastor, you're inconveniencing me with a Sunday school hour and a church hour. It's a duty. It's a responsibility. It'll increase your ability. It's not a command, but we'll do it with a faithful spirit and a clean heart. I'm not the, the one who first said it, but you've all heard it. This book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to read in the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit said, well, before we get started there, there's something I'd like to talk to you about. Now, I argue with and say, I'm sorry, that's not on my reading schedule for today. We're going to have to deal with that later. But this, this book will clean you. That's why carnal Christians are leaving Bible-preaching churches for these contemporary emerging churches. Because there's no Bible preached. There's no, you can stay in, when well, you open the Word of God, if you've got the Holy Spirit of God inside of you, this, the Holy Spirit who authored this book, He begins to speak to you. He knows where your weakness, He knows where you're wrong. I may not know that, but when, I, when the Holy Spirit of God impresses upon me, this is what I want you to preach on Sunday morning, and this is what I want you to preach on Sunday night. He knows what you need. He knows what I need. I often say it. Long before I get up here and preach to you, the Holy Spirit of God has already dealt with me. It is a responsibility, and we approach it with a clean heart. 
Don't be a loophole Christian. Searching the scripture to get justification for you to, 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 to live a certain way. We approach the word of God as David did. Search me, O God. See if there be any wicked way in me so that we can have a clean heart when we approach the word of God. It's not only a blessed opportunity, a holy duty, but it's a priceless privilege. When you think about the opportunity, what we have in the Word of God. We consider whose Word it is. This is not a Boy Scout manual. This is not a morality code, although it will help you be moral. These are God's words. This is not an edict from the Pope or any other so-called religious ruler or leader. These are the words of an almighty God. They're pure words. They're good words. They're words that will sustain us. They're words that will... Hey, hey, if you haven't been there, you'll be there. You'll find yourself in a valley, in a dark hour, and the Holy Spirit of God will bring a promise from this book, and it's one that you can hold on to. It's one you cling to. They're the powerful words of God. They're sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, They're a rock. They're a hammer. Uh, They're everything that you and I need. They are the words of God. Uh, And we're reminded forever, O Lord, thy words are settled in heaven. Long before this world is ever here, God's words were there. Long after this world is gone, God's words will still be there. Have you considered His words these are? That's why when you as a child of God, how many of you are saved tonight? There you go. As a child of God, when you pick up the Word of God, have you considered who's talking to you? Have you considered whose book you're holding in your hand? Well, you have an audience with God. God, tell me the next steps of my life. I want to grow. I want to be more like your son. How am I going to do it? You've got to get in the Word of God. You've got to be reminded. Whose words are these? These aren't your pastor's words. I come up with some pretty good stuff once in a while. But it's not Bible. It's not the words of God. Well, you got to think of that next time you say, I don't know if I agree with that. Who are you disagreeing with? Who are you ignoring? Boy, it's a privilege. It's an honor. Every day I get to be in the audience with Almighty God. Not only do I get to talk to Him, but to have Him speak to me. Well, have you considered whose word it is? What a privilege. Well, I often read, you read through the Gospels and you read the ministry of our, our Savior and how those disciples got to travel with Him. And I, I, I don't know if you ever thought about this. I, I, I think about the miracles that He did, but the thing that just, for some reason, it just captures uh, my thought is, what did His voice sound like? I mean, it's amazing to them to see the healing. It's amazing. I'm not minimizing all those things. But I always just, I just kind of do that. I wonder what he sounded like when he talked. Can you imagine what the voice of the Son of God, we can only imagine. I bet it was like no other voice. How agitated do those disciples always get? And then Jesus would just speak to them. And it would calm them even when He rebuked them with the voice of God. 
But you know it may not be audible, but every time you open this book, it's the voice of God. It's the words of God. It's a priceless privilege. For Christ, we know He's going to return one day, but if He were to return and say, I'll give anybody who wants just five minutes with me, the line would be so long. But there's Jesus we can hear from five minutes. But yet, we can be in His presence anytime we want to be in His presence. We have the written Word of God. He is the living Word of God. What an, what an awesome privilege. What, an, what, 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 what a priceless privilege we have. Not only whose Word it is, we see the privilege, but we also see the great benefit from that privilege. This Bible will benefit you. I will be honest with you. I read the Bible selfishly. What can it do for me? That's why we have it. It's so that it can benefit us. Why well, don't see what this Christian life is all about? Get in your Bible, you'll see. You'll begin to learn. Why do these Bereans more noble? Why are they different? It's because they realized the privilege they had in the Scriptures. That's why they approached it with the heart that they had. That's why they wanted to hear from the Word of God. They wanted to hear from the man of God. They realized whose Word it was. They realized the great benefit. The great benefit that it would be. The last thing I'll mention about that priceless privilege is this. We know whose Word it is. We know the benefit. But have you considered your unworthiness? Hold the Word of God to claim the name of Jesus. I mean, how, how holy is God? He is the measuring stick. He is the standard of holiness. You and I can't even comprehend how holy God is because we're just, we're just wretched old sinners. I remind us this morning, the best things we have to offer as those rags, those lepers, they wipe their sores. That's your goodness. That's my goodness. But yet, God has preserved His Word. He has His Word preserved. It's just as powerful as it has ever been. It's just as true as it has ever been. There have been countless number of martyrs who have shed their blood and paid the ultimate price so that we could have the Word of God. Have you thought about how unworthy you really are to approach the Word of God? How unworthy you really are to stand in His presence and hear it preached and taught? And, and how unworthy we are. For you and I are not worthy to even speak the name of Jesus. But yet, God loved us so much. He said, I'm not going to give you the living Word. I'm going to give you the written Word. And if you get in, it'll guide you, it'll change you, it'll make you more like my son, it'll make you more noble, it'll help your character, it'll help your outlook on life. Have you considered, some of us, we think we do a God a favor because we came to the house of God, we brought our Bible with us, but we never pick it up, we're unworthy to read it, and yet we have an opportunity to do so. Fourthly and finally, not is it a blessed opportunity, a holy duty, a priceless privilege, but it's a rare skill. Pastor, reading the Word of God is, is a skill you would think so. It's something you got to do daily. 
I'm going to be honest with you. If you think less of your pastor, then it won't be the first time. But every day I get up, I do not want to read that book. I want another pop tart. Every day I get up, I don't, I, some days I jump up. Some days I already know what, I, what I'm doing the next day. My mind is hard to go to sleep because I'm getting up. I'm getting in the state. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. I'm, I, I'm ready to get ready to go somewhere. And I'm like, I just, I just don't know what I want to do that today. So what you have to do. You have to make yourself do it. Well, you watch these professional athletes. They work on their skill every single day. You're not born a professional athlete. You're born with some talent. But it's the development of your skill on a daily basis that makes you a professional athlete. You know, I got to thinking when I was much younger in a, in a little bit better shape than I am now, well, you give me eight hours in a gym every single day, I can get to that level. I was close anyway, but I, I, can, I, can, get, I can get to that level. What is it? They work on that skill every single day. And we as Christians, we wonder why this, this book, if you've been saved 20 years and this book is still a mystery to you, and you still, you still, you still can't find a book of the Bible, a shame on you. That's nobody's fault but your own. You got you have to understand. You've got to get it daily. You got to, this got to become part of you. This, this is what I, what do I do as a Christian? I study the Word of God. It's not just for preachers. It's not just for those at a Bible college. Every child of God has an opportunity to open the Word of God on a daily basis and read it and study it. And if I say, how much should I read? Read it till you get something out of it. There's some days, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't get to check all the boxes of the chapters I want to read because I get through the first three verses and I spend a long time there in those first three verses because the Holy Spirit of God is speaking through the Word of God to me. It's got to become a daily thing, something you work at. Praise much the same way. Pastor, I thought I was praying. I prayed for everything I could think of, and I thought at least an hour and a half. And 90 seconds is as long as I pray. For something you got to work at. Same is true in, in, our, in our Bible reading. It's a rare skill. We have to approach the Word of God, receiving the Word, with our ways of mind, in faith. That's one of the things that bothers me about this contemporary movement, this emerging church movement they put a question mark everywhere God puts a period I'm just going to tell you lump me in the group that if God says that I believe it I don't have to understand it I don't have to agree with it why? because I approach the word of God not with the eye of a critic but with the heart of faith that this is the book that God has preserved for me. This is what God has planned for me. I believe it. Call me call me a fool. Call me naive. But I believe the answer to every question in a Christian's life is answered in this book right here. You don't need anything outside the Word of God. I just happen to believe that. I approach it with faith. This is truth. And this is what I need in my life. And sometimes, let's just, can we just be honest tonight? Sometimes we find a promise or a command of God and we don't see any way. 
We don't see any way that is going to be true. Can you imagine Joseph as he got those dreams that directed from God? And he had to go to the pit. Then he had to go into slavery. Then he had to go into prison before God fulfilled his promise. And then to feel that way sometimes, Christian, you feel you hold on to a promise of God. You say, God, you said in your Bible that this was going to take place. Or this is what I can hold on to. And I don't see any way that is going to take place. You just hold on in faith with the Word of God. And approach the Bible in faith. Parents, you've got to believe that the Bible is true when it comes to ruining your children. It takes faith. When you first got the issue of tithing settled, and if you haven't, get it settled. It's obedience, but it's faith. Faith in the Word of God, which not only approach it as a skill and in faith, but diligently. If this is the manual for life, and it is, parents, if this is the manual for your home, your marriage, or in your children, and it is, why are we so casual in approaching it? There's some great homes in, in that church. Well, they're more noble. Why? Because they're diligent. And it's a we shouldn't approach the Word of God like the average man does an instruction manual when they're putting their wives whatever together. i got to figure it out. I can see what these parts are there for. I mean, guys, you know what I'm talking about? And there, there, there's the wife just shaking her head. I'm going to go Google how to put this together. That's one thing. If you're putting together a bookshelf and you got two screws left over, that's probably not going to be the end of the world. If you're putting together your son's bike and you come away with a handful of parts and you're like, oh Lord, I watch him close that first time he comes by the house to see what happens. Nothing happened? Waste. But should we not approach our marriage a little more carefully? Should we not approach the rearing of our children that God has entrusted with us a little more carefully? Should we not entrust the execution of go ye into all the world and preach the gospel a little more carefully? We ought to be diligent. One of the great things about this church, besides the tent, one of the great things about this church this church is a church that knows the Word of God. It's been taught the Word of God year in and year out. Decade in and decade out. But you have to be diligent. This book is easy enough for a child to understand, but it's deep enough for you to search the Scriptures day after day, year after year, decade after decade, always be finding as they're called little nuggets that God has placed in there to learn more about your God more about your Savior but you've got to be diligent hey being in the Word of God for a month you'll see an improvement let's make that a year let's make it a lifetime 
And then finally, we've got to approach it with prayer. A lot of times, we as Christians, we're, we're almost Catholic in the way we live our Christian life. And I'm for, and I'll explain what I mean by that. I'm for us teaching our children read this. And on the back of your bulletin is the scripture reading for the week for you to read, continue to read your Bible through the year. That's a great goal. But I'm afraid sometimes we miss it because we've made it something that we just do. We don't. I, I, I've got to get this done before I can start my day. I've got to read my scripture before I, I go to work. Now the word of God will not return void. Anything you read, the Holy Spirit of God will use, and He can bring it back to your recollection at any time that He sees fit. My <clears throat> friend, it's more. We have to approach it more than just I can check a box off of my day, <clears throat> so I, I don't feel guilty all day long. I want to approach this with prayer. Lord, speak to me. I know it's been a long time since I've opened this book without first praying, Holy Spirit of God, would you speak to me? Would you instruct me? Would you convict me of my heart? Now there's times I'll just read the read, <clears throat> read. I say I want to read this book of the Bible. But when I approach this book trying to get something for God to help me, to change me, to grow me, I have to approach that with prayer. See, the natural man doesn't like everything that he sees in there. The, 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 the carnal side of you and I, we have to have the help of God. And by the way, sometimes the under Understand what God is trying to say. Only the Holy Spirit of God can give that instruction. Only He can give those answers. But it comes through prayer. Or we have something so... What was so different about those people? They were more noble. The Bible records for us that it was not about reputation. It was about character. It was about what they were. They were more noble. Why? Because they approached the word of God with readiness of mind. They didn't just hear the scriptures. They searched the scriptures. They wanted to know God. Christian, as we close tonight, how bad do you want to know God? How bad? So, Pastor, I've been at this thing for, for a long, long time. I've been at this thing longer than you've been alive. There's not many of you can say that anymore, but I, <clears throat> I've been at this thing longer than you've been alive. How long has it been? Since you approached it with all readiness of mind. Since the Holy Spirit of God used the Word of God to challenge you, to convict you. See, it's not hard to discern who's in that book and who's not in that book. As I deal with our young people and they want to come tell me I've made all these decisions and not one of them lines up with that book. It's, it's not hard for your pastor to discern if you haven't been in that book. But you know that applies not just for teenagers, as well, just for teenagers. More noble. More noble. More noble. My goal tonight is, as the pastor of this church, is not for us to be anything but in the sides of God, in the sight of God, more noble. In order for that to be true, we've got to stay in the Word of God.
Friend, I have made this covenant with you. I promise you, and I'll say it again. I will walk to this pulpit into the best of my ability under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I will preach to you the Word of God. I will instruct your children in the Word of God. I have no interest in coming to your house seven days a week. We only gather a few times a week. You have got to on Monday get in the Word of God. You've got to on Tuesday get in the Word of God. Every single day, God wants to speak to you. We use that. That's not a point to make out of rebellion against the pastor God's given you. Well, God can speak to me too. I'm all for God speaking to you. And if He's speaking to me from this book and He's going to be telling you the same thing, get in the Bible and He'll talk to you. Let Him speak to you. Oh, tonight, make our, let's make our goal to be more noble. It would be a good, good goal for some of you parents. Quit, 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 quit dreaming and quit praying and wishing that your children become successful one day. It's my desire just for them to be noble. Be noble. I want them to be noble. Hey, young people, teenagers, your mom and dad may not be perfect. There's only three children in this building tonight that have a perfect mom and dad. You can figure them out. But if you've got a mom and dad who are striving to be noble, you've got to get on your knees and thank God that you've got a mom and dad that get in the Word of God, put you under the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Let's make it our goal or desire to be more noble. Father, I pray that you'll take the simple truths of this message and that we apply them to our heart. And find the secret of this church after decade after decade. It continues to march on. There's been many different properties through the years. There's been different locations, different addresses, even different names. By the same group of people has been blessed as a pastor tonight, I would say it's a noble group of people. And there's no explanation other than the foundation of the Word of God. A desire to be in the Word of God. An application of the principles of the Word of God. Father, may tonight this serve as a reminder for all of us to make sure we keep a priority our relationship with Your Word. May we never get over being saved. May we never get over having the opportunity and privilege to hear from you on a daily basis. We ask that you bless our time of invitation this evening. We stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, the piano begins to play. God has spoken to you, I would like you to come along for the
the Word of God. Fall in love with all of There's somebody come in tonight. Pastor, I've got fallen out of my daily Bible reading. I'm going to get into it. And maybe for the first time a Christian would say, I'm going to make an effort in my Bible every single day. And maybe you have read it religiously for years. It's time to get back and see it for what it is. It's God's words to you and I. First thing is going to lead us in a verse of invitation. You can to respond, respond. But let's do business with God. First thing. back to some dark times some lowly valleys so what has sustained you the word of God what has your faith been in the word of God because when I couldn't always feel the presence of the almighty I could hold his words in my hands and hold to his truths I follow today there's a trial, there's a burden coming around the corner for some Christian. May they today begin to deepen their relationship with you through the Word of God. May we realize as a church that there's no compromise on the Word of God because that's what makes us different. That's what makes us more like our Savior. That was, is that what makes us more noble? Father, I pray that you'll produce another generation of young people with a desire to serve the Lord that are more noble. The only way that will happen is if they're reared under the leadership and authority of the Word of God. May it be so. Bless the remainder of our evening, our week, this week. May we bring honor and glory to Your name, for it's in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Wonderful day today, and I look forward to uh, the week this week. Tell somebody about the Lord this week. And I know this is the last push on vacations. If you've still got a vacation, uh, of course, enjoy it. We look forward to getting things back into a little bit of normalcy here uh, in the weeks and months ahead. Keep praying for all of the things we have going on. I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to do what he's already done and I'm excited to see how he's going to do it and so just keep praying be faithful uh, let the guys know that you appreciate them being here tonight stop by the table if you have questions about the college or you want to pick up some information uh, please do so of course you know uh, that Commonwealth has my recommendation and I have no problem with our young people going there and uh, I have some of you that I'm going to try and get them to recruit there um, is there an age limit that you can cut off on that I have a mother-in-law that's Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh, let's have a good week. Let somebody know you're praying for them. Pray for one another. Pray for the Walmart family. It was coming Tuesday, the funeral uh, there. Pray for Brother Jim. Continue to pray for him. That God continue to touch him. And let's have a good week this week. Bill Stanley.